Welcome to a special interview edition of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Tamanini. As promised on yesterday's Today on Broadway, in this episode, I am speaking with the incredible Broadway and cabaret star and longtime friend of Broadway Radio, I might add, Karen Mason. This week, Karen is giving you three different opportunities to stream an incredible concert that she filmed in 2015 at Don't Tell Mama called Mason at Mama's in March. There will be just three performances available of this concert, Thursday the 15th at 8 p.m., Saturday the 17th at 8 p.m., and Sunday the 18th at 3 p.m. All tickets are just $15, and you can get them at KarenMason.com. In our conversation, we talk about this specific concert, what performing at Don't Tell Mama means, what Karen is doing during the pandemic and the shutdown, how she sees the cabaret world returning to some semblance of normalcy once they are allowed to do so, and much, much more. I opened the conversation by asking her how a concert that was filmed in 2015 has found its way to the internet in the middle of a pandemic in 2020. Well, first of all, thank you. I'm really happy to be here. And, uh, you know, we did the show in 2012. I I opened Don't Tell Mama in 1982. Yes, wow. a long time ago. <laughs> you probably weren't even born I, then. I was one year old in 1982, <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, I, uh, I wanted to go back. And at that time, and it was in 2015, I wanted to do a, a long run of shows, you know, it, the, the economy of cabaret has become such that you do one show and that's kind of, you know, that's it. And it, it's hard to do, um, I get it for the, for the clubs to do long runs for performers. But back in 1982, we used to do long, long runs. And, you know, I, I opened the club with Nancy Lamott and we both moved on to other things but I was looking for a place for a long run and somebody suggested don't tell mama. And we did six weeks of sold out shows. Uh, we kept the price down to like 20, I think. So this is wow. even cheaper. Yeah. And um, I, we filmed it just because we really, my, my director and my music director and I all felt like this was a very special show. <laughs> we, we, yeah. um, included, uh, you know, and without it sounding very academic, we included a lot of information about when the club first opened and describing it. And I did some of the first, I did the first two songs that I did on my opening night. Oh. And I, yeah, I still, I still have them there and, you know, in the old mind. And uh, then we, we did a little bit of, it wasn't really history, but all the things that have happened in the world um, and in my life since then, um, we we included uh, uh, as if we never said goodbye from Sunset Boulevard, which I was the sure. cover for Glenn Close, Betty Buckley, and Elaine Page, um, and then also did uh, a song from my last CD called "It's About Time," which was written by my husband and Shelley Markham for Marriage Equality. So, you know, we kind of go through all of the changes that have happened. Look how amazing the world has become, <laughs> some good, some bad, yeah. since 1982. Um, and, and that was, it's a bit of a chronicle of that. And yet, 
a really fantastic show. Uh, the, the person who filmed it, uh, Michael Lee Stever, you know, at the beginning of COVID when everybody was, you, you know, you had your first month or couple weeks, whatever, of just being numb. And then you start cleaning out everything you have. And he found this and sent it to me and said, you know, we really should do a presentation of it. And I watched it. And, you know, time is a, a time helps because when I saw it right <laughs> after the show, I'm very critical of myself. I, I, it's hard for me to watch myself. Most people have difficulty with it, but, I, you know, sure. I'm I do too. And, uh, <laughs> but my husband um, fixed the audio, you know, he corrected a lot of the clinking of the glass and stuff. Sure. Uh, didn't eliminate it entirely. So you still feel like you're in a club and Michael made it look really pretty. And uh, we just, I, I fell in love with it. I thought it was a really terrific show that I wanted to share. And so um, we came up with this idea uh, you know, I've been doing those little Thursday shows on Facebook, um, like at five o'clock, just mm -hmm. singing for my own benefit. And also I've been doing that for, you know, some people to make donations to the Actors Fund. And we, th we thought with this, you know, it's people are looking for things to do. And I'll tell you, Matt, what's so different about this is that you're in with the audience, you actually hear the audience reaction, which, you know, for a lot of the live streaming, we're separate. You yeah. know, the performers have to be separate. So you don't get that excitement, that feeling of everybody in the room together sharing something very, uh, very exciting, very personal. Yeah. And um, so so that's kind of the exciting thing about this is is that you it really does remind us of the time when we were all in rooms together and sharing, uh, you know, performance. Well, and like you said, you kind of used it as a little bit of a look back at your history at Don't Tell Mama. But even now looking back on this five years after it was originally filmed, it in and of itself is kind of a time capsule, both to when we mm -hmm. were able to sit in really jammed in tables in small confined spaces with other people. But then also so much in the world has changed in those five years. I mean, you mentioned that you uh, did a song for marriage equality and that, that was before the Supreme court case that legalized it. Now that fight might be coming back again, but I mean, it is kind of a nice way to look both backwards from where you were at that point in time at the history of the venue, but then also look forward that everything that has happened since then. And I think that it's kind of a beautiful way to look at our current moment through the lens of something uh, that was a lot of fun and really beautiful, but happened, you know, a short <laughs> time before where we are now and things have right. kind of spun off its axis. Yeah. And I don't want it to be, Oh, look at how great the old days were. Uh, you know, I don't because <laughs> there was a lot wrong with the old days too. But what was great, what's what's interesting to me, and and um, makes me optimistic, and and looking forward to when we can actually do that again, when we can be in a room, and and share whatever's going on in the world, the new things that have happened. I, I you know, that's what's so great about live performance is you 
everybody in the room is reacting to what their life is right now and their life, including everything that has happened to them throughout their lives. And so you have this, you know, complicated um, uh, amalgam of energies in a room and all sharing, say, one ballad called He Loves, you know, He Touched Me or sharing the opening number of Something's Coming and all coming from different perspectives and all, uh, all their different histories and yet being able to find something in there that um, reminds them of humanity and, you know, without mm. being too grand about it, but it's, it, it does, it reminds us of our own humanity. Yeah. And, you know, we, you talked about the idea that being able to be in a shared space with somebody and share in the experience of seeing live performance is something that we're all missing. We are recording on Friday the 9th, and it just so happens that just a few hours ago, the Broadway League uh, officially confirmed something that I think a lot of us assumed was going to happen, um, that there will not be any Broadway shows through at least the end of May. And mm. while that's kind of been discussed um, a, a lot and will continue to be discussed, I, I'm interested with you, someone who has so much experience in the theater, but also you are such a staple in the cabaret world. I feel like those venues in that art form, especially in New York, has not really been discussed nearly as much as the theater side of things. And obviously, I understand kind of the dynamics of that. But as somebody who works in both uh, in both worlds, how do you see the world of cabaret and live music performances in New York dealing with this prolonged shutdown? Because as of now, some of them are kind of trying to figure out ways to do things whether that's virtually or with small sectioned off audiences with plexiglass around them, and maybe right. cabarets come back before Broadway does. But uh, how do you see that art form spinning forward out of this year-ish long pandemic shutdown? Yeah, I, I it's going to be hard. I mean, first of all, most cabarets, they don't make a lot of money yeah. for anyone. And to not make any money for a long period of time, it, you know, it's going to devastate an awful lot of them. What's, what's inspiring to me is that every people, artists, and, you know, cabaret artists included are finding new ways of keeping themselves active. Mm -hmm. um, now, you know, unfortunately, none of that is monetized or very little of it is monetized for cabaret performers. And so it's a, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. I know that Don't Tell Mama has opened up out to the streets because they closed off 46th Street here in New York mm -hmm. and opened to the streets so that they have piano bar going out into the street. And it's a way to at least keep a, a, a connection I think that's going to be the hardest part is getting people to sit in a small room in a theater. You know, there's still space. You feel you can separate 2000 people, make it fewer people, but you can separate yeah. in, in a small cabaret that seats 60. If you're doing 25% of 60 to hundred <laughs> people, you know, that's how, do, how do you make any money on that? So I'm not quite sure how, how we'll all come back. I, I'm, I, I defer to the smarter minds and the more business-minded people to 
uh, try to come up with ways that it's not even about just the performer. It's about people sitting in the audience together. Yeah. Or the servers and, and, and everyone oh, else the servers. too. You know? Right. I mean, and masks in a small, tiny little location like that, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be a challenge. So I just hope that something miraculous happens. Um, uh, you know, a lot of people are teaching. A lot of people are are doing shows on um, Facebook and Instagram and um, recording shows that they can stream going into the, I know Don't Tell Mama, they did this thing. Um, and Birdland did the same thing. Birdland had concerts that they filmed downstairs and it was basically, you know, without an audience. Right but the performer and a piano. And I have to say singing with a piano after singing to track for six months <laughs> was an absolute delight. I'm sure. It, you know, it's, it feels different It in your body re responds differently to it, but, but they're doing, you know, a concert series, the, the York theater. I just recorded a, um, a concert for them. They're doing a series of concerts and, People are just trying to find ways to to um, connect and stay stay vital. I, I have no idea how it's what's going to happen, <laughs> but you know, I just yeah. I pray to God we all survive it. And yeah. that you know, listen. Ever since I came to New York, people have been decrying the you know cabaret and the end of it. They've been saying it's you know this is it. The seven since seventy nine. They've been saying. <laughs> No, it's not going to last. Uh, somehow it always does, you know, and somebody, yeah. when one club closes, another opens because somebody loves the medium. Um, hopefully there'll be somebody with a lot of cash who uh, will be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> be able to stand what any uh, type of losses come their way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's hard. I, um, I, you know, you offer your services to absolutely any cabaret that you possibly can because it's important that they they um, stay alive so that sure. we have places to go. Well, you mentioned things that you have been doing uh, with the York and Birdland and, and all that stuff. But I know there I mean, you've been still fairly active and still doing things. I know you did the. Uh, uh, Mamma Mia uh, reunion on Stars oh. in the House and those kind of things. But another yeah. thing that's coming up that I know that you're going to do is be a part of this virtual New York City cabaret convention, which, um, you know, I, we've talked about in the past here on Broadway Radio, the Mabel Mercer Foundation annual convention. This is going to be the first time that it's it's online. Um, with all of these things that are happening and all these things that you're doing and all of these concerts, how much does that actually scratch that itch for a performer like i'm sure it's better than nothing but like you said when going from singing to tracks to pianos like that's a different thing like how much of your yeah. artistic creativity is still you know bursting at the seams to kind of get out and do something like you're used to every uh part of my body <laughs> is screaming <laughs> to get back to that. There's nothing like it there. You know, that's why I like working in cabarets because I like that proximity. I like being close to audiences. I like seeing people's faces and making sure they're paying attention and, you know, and seeing how they're reacting. And it's such a 
you know, it, it sounds trite, but it's such a conversation between the audience and sure. the performer. Um, doing all of these things, listen, I'm, I'm grateful that I get to do something, that I can keep my chops up, and that I, you know, I continue to try to learn new things. Uh, listen, my, my uh, learning curve with technology has been fascinating since March 13th. <laughs> Yeah. Um, our living room now has so many lights and microphones and, oh, my God, you know, um, I just bought acoustical tile for, our, oh for our closet so I can do voiceover stuff. Um, but there's there's nothing like being in a room with uh, with that energy. Um, I'm happy for the opportunities I have now, like I said, but I it, it nothing matches that nothing matches human yeah. contact like that. Well, and I wonder, you know, we know that New York for various reasons that we don't need to get into is kind of in its own um, world when it comes to the pandemic because of things that happened early on. And then the politics that come after that, mm-hmm. presumably other places around the country will come back at different points, some faster, some slower than New York City. Have have you thought about going out on, on the road and doing shows elsewhere, whether that's, you know, theater or concerts? I mean, is that something that's being discussed with, with either actors or cabaret performers now? I mean, because we don't really know what the future holds, but we know that right. it's not going to everything. It's not going to be snap and everything across the country opens up and gets back to normal. Right. It's yeah. going to be a wave. One, you fall asleep exactly. one night and wake up and everything's open. Well, despite <laughs> what some politicians might have uh, <laughs> expected that to happen. But I mean, I know you, I mean, I saw uh, the tour of love never dies that you were in. So I mean, it's not like you're um, unfamiliar with being out uh, outside of New York city, but is that something that's, potential for folks to do things like that, whether it's theater or concerts? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think, listen, um, I am so happy that I live in New York, um, New York state. I think uh, whatever happened, uh, you know, our, uh, we're in pretty good shape compared to a lot of the rest of the country as far as mm-hmm. um, numbers I live, actually, we live like five blocks from Elmhurst Hospital, which in the beginning of March, yeah, March and April, May, was the, you know, central, was COVID central here. And day and night, we had ambulances going up and down our street. Um, So I'm happy that I don't hear that as much anymore and that our state really has it uh, together for the most part. Traveling, uh, you know, it will totally depend on the precautions um, that are made and how protected. Uh, You know, I have to protect my myself, my husband, my family, my neighbors, um, my musicians, and um, I I feel it will just all depend upon. what kind yeah. of precautions are taken? And I think, you know, this is a, a difficulty that Actors' Equity is having right now. You know, how, mm-hmm. do you, how do you do that and still have it be, have people make money off of it and have people be willing to come and sit in an audience? I know that the Godspell thing was a huge success. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, in a fantastic experiment, I'm so glad they did it. But look at what they had to do. They had to, you know, live within a bubble for how many weeks before. And, you, you know, I mean, so it's just a, it's, it's a much more complicated thing than, hey, can you do, uh, you know, four nights at, at Davenport's in Chicago? And yeah. I, I don't know. I, you know, to me, everything is just up in the air. And I, those are all individual decisions that I think will be made along the way. Yeah, it's it's so everything is so complicated now. Normally, like you said, you get an invitation from Davenport's in Chicago. Sure, I'll check my schedule. If it works, it works. But now you have to factor in so many different things with health and concerns about not just the health of the people you're going to be around, but the who the people who are going to be around the people that you're going to be around. And it's just yeah. uh, it's uh, it's so complicated and messy and. Not and I know so. people will figure it out. You know, yeah. I mean, as we get the opportunity to open back up and things maybe get under control or I, I don't know, the world is very complicated right now. And um, uh, uh, somehow it will be figured out. It can't continue like this for ever. It's got to, you know, <laughs> it's got to work out somehow. Um, it's just not going to happen between now and Christmas, I don't think. No, no, you're right. Well, let's get back to something that is less depressing um, for us. And let's finish up by talking about this concert again. You mentioned some of the things that you talk about in the uh, in the concert um, and kind of the way you look back at the venue. But you also mentioned the fact that you do kind of you know, hit on some of the highlights um, of your career. Can you give a little bit of an insight as to maybe some of the songs and the roles that you're going to revisit uh, in this concert so that people can uh, get excited about what they're going to see from the 15th through the 18th? Yeah, sure. Um, like I said, it's as if we never said goodbye, which is the big number, mm -hmm. the kind of critical act two number that Norma Desmond sings in Sunset Boulevard. Um, I'm doing, you know, I think that's really the only theatrical. Oh, no, no. Then I do. But it's not a role I did. We did it. Um, I love this little sequence of songs. There's a um, Charles Strauss, Lee Adams uh, wrote Golden Boy, the musical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's some beautiful songs from that. Lorna's here. And I want to be with you are two songs. It's an arrangement. And then we did a. Uh, a, a brand new song from a show called Was, which was written by Barry Kleinbort. Um, and I, it's a, a beautiful song called Time. It actually was recorded by Rebecca Luker on one of her CDs. And um, I had heard it before, but after I heard Rebecca, it just was, ooh, I think I want to sing that song. Mm -hmm. And um, so we do that. But then it goes into help and being alive. And I have to say, for a, a gal with a big voice, singing being alive is so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. So good, yeah. It's so good. Uh, and then, um, you know, like, uh, uh, there are places I'll remember all my life. Beatles song, yeah, I'm yeah. I've changed, yeah, in my life. I do Over the Rainbow because I was in Chasing Rainbows out at Paper Mill mm -hmm. um, this past <laughs> yeah, this, like century this, ago. Yeah, this concert happened before that show, although I know that show has been in development for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I just, I, I had done, actually that happened because I had done a lot of Garland concerts and oh, with, yeah. uh, with um, orchestras and, oh, you're always in heaven singing that, by the way. Um, so to sing Over the Rainbow was a lot of fun. Um, uh, he touched me, um, a song that was written for me called I Made a New Friend. Uh, something's coming, almost like being uh, in love. And, uh, um, oh, the, the third song is, um, I could cry salty tears. Where have I been all these years? Little wow, tell me now, how long has this been going on? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So some, you know, it's, it's a little all over the place and, and, uh, just a lot of fun taking a chance on love, um, I did actually something's coming and almost like being in love were my first two songs uh, that I did when I opened. Oh, back Don't in 82. Yeah. Uh, Brian Lasser, who was my music director at that time, did the something's coming arrangement um, exactly for opening the, the club. And oh, that's awesome. you know, it, was, it was a really spectacular time back then because it was it was when nightclubs were still vital and fun and everybody went out late at night and would come after shows and you know everybody went out um and it was exciting so opening a club in 82 was still there was still a, a lovely cabaret energy in the in the city and Nancy yeah. and I were both just you know we had been here for a while but maybe you know three or four years each but both of us were on, you know, a, a, a way up and it was very exciting. It was a very exciting time. I, yeah. I'm so proud of this piece and, and I, I, I know that people will enjoy it. There's humor and, and, you know, you can cry, you can laugh. What more do you want? <laughs> and all for 15 bucks. Yeah. And it's educational too, when it comes to the history of don't tell mama like that's the, what, what more can it's a, you can actually do it as part of like a virtual school session for kids. If you want, there you go. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. <laughs> there you go. Uh, there's wow. a marketing pitch for you. Free, free of charge. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Karen, thank you so much for talking about it. I uh, am very much looking forward to seeing it next week. It's uh, going to be available from October 15th through the 18th. And like you said, it's available for just 15 bucks, cheaper than the original ticket uh, yeah, to right. see and the no show. Drink minimum. Uh, oh, that's the thing, right? The two drink minimum. And even if you do have two drinks, uh, you've already bought them. So you don't have that's to worry right. about it. You know, you've for got them at home already. about it. You should go to uh, www.karenmason.com for how to buy tickets. Absolutely. I'm, I'm on the site right now. It is very easy uh, on how to do it. So we will link that in the show notes for this. But Karen, thank as you. always, thank you so much for talking about this uh, continued luck, I guess. Normally you don't say good luck to theater performers, but I don't know <laughs> what else anything. we can say. Yeah, I don't know what else we can say at this point in the world. <laughs> bon chance. No, there you go. Know, Much bon better. Bon chance and wear a mask. I think yes. those are the oh. two things you say, everybody. <laughs>